Bright Spots. We've been in this series, Bright Spots, and today is the, the last message in this series. And we kind of catapulted this series off of Jeremiah 29.11. And the idea behind this was we all live in such a busy, crazy world that we can get so overwhelmed with situations in our life that we forget how awesome the sunrise is. We forget how amazing it is to look into the eyes of a child. Even if it's at 3 a.m. in the morning and they're screaming. <laughs> or teething. We have two staff members right now that have teething children. And it's hilarious, man. They'll come in in the morning and they're like this. <laughs> you don't understand. I'll say, yes, I do. Been there, done that. But, but no, no, like finances aren't good or things aren't going well. And, and we can fall into that mode of, of seeing the glass half half empty instead of half full. And, and, and so the idea was really trying to encourage ourselves to find bright spots. And the Florida fans? Any Florida fans? Uh, even a blind hog can find an acorn every once in a while. I'm just kidding. Okay, so some of you had bumper stickers on your car saying, Fire the coach. And I saw your car this morning. It's not there anymore. <laughs> That's, that was bad. That was terrible. <laughs> anyway, finding, finding fun, finding bright spots in your life, finding things to be happy about. And, and the, the passage that we used for this whole sermon series, this is the seventh week now, was Jeremiah 29 11. And it says this For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So if you can't find anything else as a bright spot today, find this as a bright spot. God's got plans for you. Before He formed the foundations of the earth, He knew you in your mother's womb. And you say, Jason, surely He doesn't have plans for me because of what I'm going through right now. You know what? He's going through it with you if you'll allow Him. And you're going to come out on the backside of it like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after being thrown in the furnace and you're not even going to smell like fire if you stay the course, if you don't quit, if you keep going. That's a bright spot. It's a bright spot to know that the Creator of the universe has plans for me. And that my situation and my circumstance doesn't really dictate His plans for me. Because remember last week we talked about He, he wrote our story down in His book? That'll, that'll blow your mind. We, we looked at that scripture last week. And so whatever you're going through today, even if it's your own fault, He already knew you were going to go through it, and He wrote it down in His book. So he, you have your own novel. That's how awesome God is. And let me tell you, the ending's great. So none of you come to the 1145 service because you're already eating and taking a nap by then. <laughs> Just saying. But, but it was, we did pastor appreciation last week and honored all the pastors. And, and someone came in the office, uh, someone came in, came in the office uh, uh, and a couple came in and said, look, and it was before they heard the message, it, the gift was already wrapped and it was like, and so they, we want to give you this. And it was right down our alley. We love, so we had signs all over our house. We just love signs. Like, yeah. So it was this old wood that had been shellacked. And on the, on, the, on, the, on the front of it, it said, if you are here last week and you heard the message, you'll get this. Not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. And they had no idea what I was preaching about. They had just bought that and said, we want to give this to you. Not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. That's a bright spot. So let's think just for a second today as we end this series. I really struggled with which way to take this. And 
some of the things that I've been walking through and I've seen people close to me walking through that are tempted to quit. The Lord gave me this thought last Monday afternoon. Finishing the race is a bright spot. Because don't we want to quit? Finishing the race as a parent. Finishing the race as a husband or wife. Finishing the race as a child. Finishing the race is a bright spot. Because there, there, there's a... Let's look just for a second. If you have your Bible, this is where we'll land today. Really simple message. Hopefully it's going to mean something to you like it has to me. Philippians 3, 12-14. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat under you. If it's not there, you can find one at the tent afterwards. It's yours. Keep it. Just read it. Paul's writing the church of Philippi, Philippians 3, 12-14. This is what he says. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I, say that word with me, press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I, I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Father, thank You for this day and thank You for Your Word. I pray that You would remove me from what You want to say and say to each heart personally what You would have each heart here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Finishing the race is a bright spot. Number one, quitting is not an option. We just read it, Philippians 3.12. Not that I have obtained have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, you have to understand just for a second, who's writing this? Because right, we, can, we can seriously remove ourselves from what someone's going through when they're writing scriptures, especially Paul, and we can begin to feel sorry for ourselves and say, well, you know what, Paul just doesn't understand. Really? Shipwreck? Forty lashes minus one several times. Abandoned? Persecuted? Imprisoned? Yet here's what he's saying to the church. Hey, I don't even have all of this together yet. We'll get to that in a minute. But I've not been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And, and, and my, my hope and prayer as I prepared for this message today was that somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit would inject your soul where you're really hurting, would inject hope into where you're really at, would inject hope into that situation that seems hopeless. And you say, you know what? I'm going to go one more day. I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going to pray one more prayer. I'm going to read one more scripture. I'm going to, I am, I am not, quitting is not an option. I played every sport I could sign up for in high school, mainly because you got out of class. <laughs> Seriously. Played tennis. I signed up for the tennis team and never even, the neighborhood I grew up in, didn't have tennis courts. And I, I showed up to tennis practice and all these other kids had like these tennis outfits on. I had some cut off blue jeans and like a t-shirt. Um, but me and, me and my friend actually went to regionals that year. Yeah, we showed them. <laughs> But one of the things that I did is I ran cross country and track, and in track I ran the mile. 
And and I never will forget, and we came from this really weird, underprivileged part of town, and we would had been doing pretty good, been practicing a lot, and our second track meet of the year, and, and me and my partner, his name's Cliff Wilson, and we did everything together. We played. He was my tennis partner. We did everything together. There's things we shouldn't have done together. We did together. <laughs> so we walk up, and I got these old ratty tennis shoes on, you know, and the, like the, I don't even think the shoelaces matched. And we were playing. We were running against this place called Memphis Prep. That tells you anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. And these guys are out there with their cleats. I'm like, and I got totally, totally psyched out, which is not like me, but I did. Really, I got totally psyched out. So you take off, if you don't know, four times around the track is a mile. It's take off and keeping pace, keeping pace, keeping pace. And then I just, I just run out of gas completely with like half a laugh left, can't breathe, get sick, sit down. And I didn't have any family members there because we took a bus. You know, it was like seventh period or whatever. And Cliff finishes the race, runs back across the track, and he looks down at me and says, look, let me pick you up. And I've already thrown up three or four times, right? And so I'm like, all right. So he picks me up and he goes, look, here's the deal. If you don't run across the finish line, all those, I'm not going to tell you what he said, boys, (laughs) all those boys, those rich boys, are forever going to know that you quit. He said, let's go. I said, let's go. And embarrassingly enough, by myself and with my friend, ran the rest of the way around that track. And I crossed the finish line. Didn't win, but I didn't quit. Quitting's not an option. You hear me? I, I look across this room right now and I see many people that I've, I know pretty well that have, over the past eight or nine years, maybe 15 years, maybe 20 years, been through hell on earth. Lost loved ones. Wrecked marriages. But you're still here. Find solace in that. Because showing up is half the battle. You're still here. You're you're here. Because you didn't quit. So don't quit. Keep going. Number two. You don't have to be perfect to finish the race. The first part of Philippians 3.13, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Taken hold of what? Taken hold of what Jesus has done. Paul, Paul, if anybody, if anybody in the Bible at this point could point towards themselves and say, I'm I'm a pretty good dude. Yeah, I mean, me me and the Lord are like this. You know, He showed up on this road, He introduced Himself to me, and I was blinded for three days, and then all of a sudden, He gave me revelation. I went away and studied for 14 years. I started my ministry, started preaching to people. Paul's saying, I know the Lord so well, I know I don't have this figured out. That's what he's saying, right? I have went deep enough into this thing to where the glory of God reflects back on me and I see what a deficit I am as a human being. So I know, I, have, I haven't, I've not taken hold of this yet. Well, taking hold of what? Go, if you go back to Philippians 3, 7-10, it says it like this. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Don't miss this. These aren't just words. This is what Paul's talking about right here. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. That's what Paul's saying I haven't taken hold of yet. Paul said, I, haven't, I, I, don't, I can't even wrap, this is what I want. But Paul also tells us, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do want to do, I do, but I don't do. And then I, there's a bunch of dudes there. You get my point. You get my point. And so he's saying, look, if we're going to compare ourselves to anyone, man, our culture pushes us to compare ourselves to those around us, doesn't it? Think about it. It pushes us to compare ourselves to those around us. If you're a parent, don't lie. You look at other people's kids and you try to find the worst ones. So you can say, mine aren't that bad. <laughs> it's just a fact. Paul's saying, if you're going to compare yourself to anybody, compare yourself to Jesus, that's what Paul's doing. Paul's saying, I'm comparing myself to Jesus, and in the reflection of His greatness, I've not obtained this yet. I'm not there. I don't, I've not taken hold of this. So you think about it. You don't have to be perfect to finish the race. I read a book one time, and I think it was for college. It was a class I was taking, and it was a poem, and it was called The Tally Stick. Tally stick, and this couple, when they got married, his grandfather gave them a stick. Like, that's a nice gift. It's got money in it. These days, the kids just want to know, does it have money? That's all they want to know. And with the, with the stick came a note. And the note said, you and your grandma got one of these on our wedding day, and someone very wise told us, Every time we had a trial to make a mark in the stick. To make a mark in that stick and pray over that trial. And they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever. (laughs) Marriage hits the rocks after the honeymoon phase. Three to five years, you know. I don't know if any of you all remember that. Um, Yeah. I don't want to digress. Okay. So they're fighting and she's going through the closet one day and finds the stick, which the notice is still attached to. And she's ticked. So she takes something and she marks the stick. But she reads the note again and it says, if you mark the stick, you've got to pray about it. God, I hate him. Just saying. You ladies can relate. And us men again too. But I'm going to pray for them right now. And so throughout the years of their marriage, throughout the years of their marriage, this stick got marked up. It got marked up big time. In some ways worse than others. Some marks were bigger than others. And at their 60th anniversary... He told her, I have 
the greatest gift. She's like, really, really? Still married, 80-something years old. I've got the greatest gift for you. I'm going to take you out to eat. Honey, you can't even drive anymore. <laughs> and at dinner, he, he has the maitre d' bring over the stick. Lay it on the table. And they start reminiscing about those marks. And with those marks came a closeness that knit them together forever. They weren't perfect marks. They, they, they were fights. They were, oh, I'm sorry, we're in a church. They were intense discussions. <laughs> Kids acting up. Dreams not working out. Businesses shutting. Finances not good. But they didn't quit. They weren't perfect. Absolutely. Listen, I'm telling you what, Jesus was the only one perfect. And if you spend your life beating yourself up because you're not perfect, you're going to spend your life beating yourself up. It's just the bottom line. And there's that tally stick laying right across the table after all those years of marriage. And I kind of think maybe Romans 5 came up right there. We're going to rejoice in those trials and tribulations because they produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character has kept us together for all of these years. Wow. So Paul's saying right here, Paul's saying, I don't, I don't have it yet, but I ain't going to quit. And I, don't have, I don't have it. Number three. Finishing the race takes work. Philippians 3.13 and the second part of verse 13. Paul says this, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind. Paul's saying this from the reference point of, I used to persecute Christians. I used to have them thrown into prison. I held the coats when Stephen was martyred. You're talking about skeletons in the closet. Think about that. If Paul was the chief of all persecutors of Christians. And he's saying, here's one, but one thing I do. Here's one thing that I do. I forget, I'm forgetting what is behind. And it's interesting that he, he mentions two things. Because he says one thing. But I'm going to submit to you today that it is one thing. Because to do one, you have to do the other. Because you can't strain forward... Reaching back. Right? You, 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 can't, you can't strain forward. God, I'm chasing after you, but I really hate myself for yesterday. Paul says, listen, this is the thing that I've, I haven't obtained this greatness and I don't really understand it all, but one thing I do understand. This is what he's saying. One thing that I do have. One test that I think that I am passing is I am daily forgetting the past what's behind me, and I'm straining toward what is ahead. I love that word, straining. Straining ahead. Straining ahead. I'm forgetting the past. And the way that I'm forgetting the past is I'm straining ahead towards what is ahead. But the only way I can strain towards the future is if I forget the past. By forgetting the past, I can strain towards the future. I can't strain towards the future if I keep living in the past. That makes sense? That's what Paul's saying right here. This is a great lesson for many of us to learn in this place today. And here's the wonderful thing about our race. Your race starts today. Today. You may be here 
and somebody drug you here. You may be here and your life is in shambles. You may be here and you just, like you don't see any hope. And you say, well, I've messed my race up. Your race starts today. Today, the gun's going off. Not shooting somebody, but like the track gun. <laughs> today, start your race. So now, Jason, I'm 60-something years old. I've messed my race up. You know what? Today, start your race. At this very moment, you have a decision to make. Am I going to forget what is behind? Now, do we have consequences from what's behind? Unfortunately, absolutely, yes. But God, when we ask for forgiveness for those things, God, God is not concerned with how you mess things up. God is concerned about where you're going, where I'm headed. Where, and, and that word strain. See, when, and this, this is not going to sell many books either, but I have to say it. The past may have brokenness in it, and straining may break you. Brokenness and being broken are two different things. See, if there's brokenness in my past because of my actions, Paul's saying, I did all these bad things, but I'm forgetting that. And I'm going to strain towards. And we know that as Paul is straining forward, he's going through a bunch of not fun stuff. Right? He, he, he's getting beat. He's getting pushed out of town. He's, but he's got his eyes on the prize. That poor, poor guy last night, there was a college football player that got his leg broke. And that's a sub-story. You never want to see that. But the, the story beyond that was... The defensive player that chased after him was straining. You watched the replay, never gave up, and, and saved a game-winning touchdown. There, there was brokenness in that, but there was also victory in that. And I think, I think many times we would, we would point to being broken as God not being happy with us. Paul got it. He said, no, that's not it. I'm just wanting to get to know you better. I just, I just want to be with you more. I just, you know, and, and one day we'll, we'll connect the dots in heaven, right? One day we'll, God will connect the dots for us. We'll see why we had to go through everything we went through. But it takes work. It absolutely takes work. Straining ahead. Straining takes work. Last thing. To finish the race, the goal has to be the prize, and the prize has to be... Okay, that, that's not supposed to say that. It's supposed to say this. I'm sure that's the way I sent it. Yeah, because Kim's perfect. <laughs> to finish the race, the goal has to be the prize, and the prize has to be the goal. Think about this for a second. To finish the race, the goal has to be the prize, and the prize has to be the goal. If you're serving communion, you can be dismissed right now. Do it quick, though. As quick as you can. And I hope you got a lot of it. Philippians 3.14 after saying all that Paul has said, counting everything that I know as worthless, I've not obtained this. But he says, there's just one thing I do. I forget what's behind and I strain towards what is ahead. Well, what's ahead? The prize and the goal. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. To finish the race, the goal has to be the prize. So my reward, my prize, is the goal. Our 
our goal is to run into the arms of our Creator and to hear Him say, Well done, that good and faithful servant. Is He going to say, Well done, you perfect servant. No. Well done, you good looking servant. No. (laughs) Well done, you rich servant. No. You were good. You were good because of what Jesus did. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, man, I just feel, I feel like saying this right now. And if we run over, we run over. Some of you in this room right now have been beating yourself up lately like crazy. Stop it. Stop it and receive the grace of God today and start your race today. I press on to the goal, to, toward the goal to win the prize for, in which, okay, so get this. To finish the race, the goal has to be the prize. But also, the prize has to be the goal. The goal is to walk into heaven, like I said. What's the prize? The prize is to hear Jesus say that to us. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter in for the things that I have prepared for you. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, this is a bunch of malarkey to you. Malarkey. Did I just say that? So stupid. Bull malarkey is it. That's what it is. But if you read this book and you actually believe it, that day is reality. Yes, this earth is reality. Yes, we go through problems. Yes, we got things going on in our life that we wish weren't going on. Yes, Paul had all kinds of these things going on. But yet, he he said this one thing. I'm going to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on. Keep going. Don't quit. You can't lose. It's hard, man. It is hard. Some of you are probably sitting there right now looking at me going, well, yeah, you're, you're a pastor, so your life's really easy. That's funny. I'm, I'm a real person just like you are. I have to remind myself every day to press on. Every single day of my life I have to say, you know what, quitting's not an option. It's not. And, and I believe that if, if God's people, especially the day we're living in, I believe that that's going to have to be in the DNA of every Christian that's going to finish the race in these last days. Quitting is not an option. Press on. Press on. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on. Keep going. Just keep, just keep on going. Think about the goal and the prize. If you're here today and you say, you know what, heavenward, what's that mean? That means wanting to meet Jesus. Wanting to meet our Creator. And the reason Paul could write these words is because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So, if you're here today and you say, Jason, I'm... I'm having a hard time pressing on. I've got a question for you. Are you pressing alone? Are, are you battling alone? Are you, are you walking through life alone right now? Because that, God, God, that was never His intention for us. So much so that He created Adam and Eve just to hang out with them. It's a fact. He walked with them in the cool of the day in the garden because He's a relational God. Never has He ever intended us for for His creation to go through something alone. 
If you're here today, you say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time pressing on. Before. I feel like I'm spinning all the plates and I feel like I'm straining on my own. You know what? That works for a while, but sooner or later you get exhausted. God says today to you, I sent my son so that you would not have to walk alone. So you would not have to strain by yourself. Would you bow your heads all over this place before we have communion? Hey, if that's you, anywhere in this room, you say, Jason, I, I'm tired of walking this, this path alone, and I, I need a change, and I need God's help in my situation. And I, I really believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the one true Son of God. I believe that right now. And I need that help because I don't want to quit. I want to keep pressing on. If that's you anywhere in this place right now and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? I see it, 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 I see it. Anybody else? I see it, thank you. That's awesome. Anyone else? Hands are going up everywhere. Anyone else? I, you know, I need Jesus in my life. And I, I realize I can't do this alone and I can't press on alone. I see your hand. That's, that's all. I see your hand. I see your hand. What a great, great decision you're making right now because you're not going to have to strain alone anymore. You're going to have some help. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior today. Don't let this moment pass you by. You raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. We're about to have communion. We have an open communion. But for some of you that just raised your hand, this is going to be the greatest communion you've ever had. Because right now, angels are rejoicing in heaven over you. I'm going to pray this prayer with you. Team's going to serve communion. Hang on to that communion. We'll take it together. But if you raised your hand, please, please, please do me a favor and go to the tent after service. Get a Bible. Get a devotion. Hook up with someone out there that can talk with you. Uh, Don't be shy. It's the greatest decision, and the people that are out there are going to hug you and, and be happy for you. Believe me, no one, no one's judging you. But if you if you raise your hand, say this prayer with me right now, Father. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for chasing me, and thank you that today I'm in this chair that I'm in right now. And God, right now in my heart, I'm confessing. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe with all my heart He's coming back for me. And I believe with all my heart right now, I am being made into a new creation. The old is being stripped away. And the new has come. God, I know I'm not going to be perfect. But I pray this newness today would not grow dim. Lord, help me to have the boldness to go to the tent. Help me to have the boldness to get a devotion in the Bible and put people around me this week that can help me in this walk. Thank you, God, for sending your only Son. In Jesus' name, amen.